As always, we want to thank our sponsor, the Norden Group of Salt Lake City. Why do portfolios of large institutions, endowments, and pensions look so different than the portfolios of high net worth individuals and families? The philosophy at the Norden Group is that you should invest your portfolio like an institution. This approach leads to complete transparency. Some key questions to ask yourself. What do I really own? How much am I paying in fees? What costs am I paying that are not disclosed? Would I be better off in a low-cost index fund? At the Norden Group, we conduct what is called a portfolio audit, which can help reveal these and other important details. Call us to set up your appointment. Investment advisor services offered through Townsquare Capital LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability. Townsquare is not affiliated with any other named entity. Well, I've said it a million times, but thanks again to the Norden Group. Um, uh, we've got a lot to talk about today, and Dan and I uh, are short for time, so we'll, we'll try to we'll try to keep this tight. You know, last week we got up to what almost like an hour and a half of just you know <laughs> just stuff we're excited to talk about. So uh, we'll try to keep this one a little on the brief side today. Um, uh, had a great weekend in St. George for you, huh? With the was it the Gold uh, Girls Group that you were down there with? Well, so I actually rode with the Gold Girls group, and, but there were two other groups, the the Orange Boy group and okay. the Gold Boy group were also down there. Oh, wow. And we had, um, yeah, it was just a, kind of a lot going on in St. George's. We had so many, so many Maybird riders um, in St. George. There was also the True Grit Gravel yep. race, which we had a couple riders do. And, um, and I just have to say too, like I was up here in Salt Lake and I'm starting to see this every single weekend. There are so many people in Maybird kits out on the road right now, and it is unbelievably cool it's to see. It's so cool to see. And, you know, this was just such an awesome, awesome, awesome day for me because I got to go out and ride. I rode with the Gold Girls, and um, most of these girls are either going to be freshmen next year or are going to be juniors next year. So okay. they're younger girls. And, you know, I'm a decent endurance rider. I took him on a, like a big, long ride. I was going a pretty, pretty good clip, pretty stiff pace. And they kept up and rode for like four or five hours, just strong the whole time. It was just amazing. Shout out to the gold girls for oh, sure. Yeah. Um, they're, yeah, it, it was an awesome experience. Their coaches, I just want to admit like, so the gold girls, they have like a lot of these girls have dads that ride. And so there was no shortage of coaches for the gold girls. There were plenty of coaches available, but I really wanted to have a female help coach them. And so, um, so I actually just approached Arlie Pankey who doesn't have a girl in that group. And I'm like, Hey, awesome group of girls. We just need a girl coach. And she agreed to do it. And she's just done such an awesome job. She brought all this food out there, just made it so much fun. And that's the thing with the girl coaches is they they make it more fun. Oh, yeah. They're, yeah, I'm so thankful for all and our girl coaches. and We're grateful because, like, it's important for, you know, girls to see that, like, there are, like, good, strong female role models in this sport. You know, like, cycling is is usually been a, a pretty male dominated sport. And that's something we've always been really proud of here is that we really do have parity 
I think, with our men's and women's programs. We have a lot yeah. of amazing women coaches. I was riding around with this army of girl riders, and it was just the coolest thing. So I was so, so proud of that. Thanks to to all the coaches and the other groups like the the gold and orange groups for going out there for the coaches that that take their time to travel out there and to ride with kids oh we had several coaches that went out that don't even have kids in the groups that they're that they're traveling out to st george with which is huge sacrifice but we really do appreciate it we had other groups i know the purple girls did like a jordan parkway ride and got some treats and um just lots of cool cool stuff happening i know um other groups during the week they're out trying to hunt for dirt and doing fun little creative rides so i appreciate your creativity during this extra wet and never ending winter yeah snowy season but thanks thanks for getting out and um having fun i do um i was so nora johnson wanted me to shout her out so nora be sure to listen closely to the secret word at the end of the podcast okay okay because yeah so if you if you want a shout out just ask you'll probably get get one okay so yeah it was um yeah awesome awesome weekend thing i just can't tell our coaches and volunteers how grateful i am for just making so many awesome experiences for these kids these kids are so lucky to have such great people who are just awesome role models who their professional time is worth a lot oh yeah like if these people were to bill what they could probably bill an hour for you know like you know for their time uh, you know, we'd, we'd have to charge more in team fees. So, um, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You folks are wonderful. So one thing, Joe, and I just wanted to mention really quick is we are trying to get out and ride. Yes. And it's chilly outside. Yes. So, um, we just want to talk about really quick, just about dressing warm enough. Um, do you want to start there, Joe? Yeah. You know, um, it's 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 a little tricky. Usually this time of year, and usually when we start Maybird, it's it's warm, or at least it's sunny. And so if you're out mountain biking, like you can get away with just arm warmers, or even like some people, if you're really tough, just you know short sleeves and, and like you'd like riding in the summer. Um, uh, I don't think that's a good idea. I think riding in the cold is is discouraging. If if you think it doesn't bug you, there's also some good like physiological reasons that it is bad for you that I think we'll touch on really quickly. Um, if, uh, you know, like if, if you're having a hard time finding warm weather gear, talk to your coach, talk to us. We'll, you know, see if we can find, you know, if you have, I should say, if you have a whole bunch of used gear that you're not using anymore, arm warmers that you never use or a jacket that you don't fit anymore. Um, we would, you know, love to find a new home for it. There's lots of kids that have been showing up to rides where it's freezing, wearing, wearing very little. Um, if that is by choice, don't do that. If that's not by choice, um, let's have a conversation, see what we can do. Because I'm looking forward. I wouldn't be surprised if we had another two, three, maybe even four weeks of of pretty considerably cold conditions. Like for reference, you know, um, if it's below 50 degrees, I'm wearing a jacket, I'm wearing leg warmers, I'm wearing gloves and stuff, um, you know. And, and I should say too, if any like my boys are listening, you guys are listening, like dressing inadequately for the cold does not make you cool or buff or manly it you know if you're doing it by choice and you have warm clothes that you're leaving behind to look tough that's dumb (laughs) don't do it um and i think you kind of wanted to touch a little bit on on sort of the reasons that more than just being uncomfortable that's like a bad idea yeah and and you said 50 degrees like pros cover their legs if it's below 70 degrees yes yep 
and, and if you ever see like pro riders out riding, you know, if it's 50 degrees out, they're completely covered up. Yep. Um, and you know, when we, we know some of that gear can be expensive, you know, so yep. I would suggest, you know, at least get a thin pair of gloves, a, a tight fitting jacket and, and some, some tight pants that don't flap around too much to at least, at least keep yourself covered. Yes. Um, <clears throat> and, and like, I was, yeah. Oh, I was going to say, cause, cause really, you know, when you're, when you're riding a bike, you're getting a lot of wind chill. Yep. Okay. A lot of you guys don't have a whole lot of insulation. Yep. And even if you did, certain parts of your body aren't covered by a whole lot of meat. They're very right. exposed to cold yeah. and they're very exposed to wind chill. So, so you really do need to keep your body covered when it's below 65 degrees, we'll say. That's, that's probably a pretty good number. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, part of, one of the, the most important parts of your body to cover is your knees. Yep. Because, like, here's a little fun thing to try. Like, put your hand on your thigh, on your quads, and it feels warm, right? Right. Okay. Put your hand on your knee. Did you notice a temperature difference? That is interesting, huh? Yeah. I never noticed that before. Yeah. Your, your knees don't have a whole lot of metabolic tissue to keep it warm. They're right. very, they're like all the ligaments and bones and muscles in the knee are very exposed to the elements. And, you know, Joe and I were talking earlier, you know, you think about what cold can do to water. It can turn it into a vapor mm-hmm. or it can turn it into a solid block. Right. Just temperature alone can change. And temperature can do that same thing to your ligaments. Right. And, and your muscle, like most of your body is water. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, and, and so, you know, the, the ligaments in your knees can, when they get cold, they get stiff and they could get very, very prone right. to injury, especially right. like the patellar tendon. Right, right, right. So, yeah. So cover your knees. Knee warmers aren't that expensive. It's really nope. a whole lot cheaper than having bad knees. I mean, you can probably <laughs> yep. get knee warmers for 20 bucks. Yep. They don't have to be fancy. Yeah, you they know, just, like, just get some black. I've always said, like, arm and leg warmers, I don't think you need to spend a ton on, you know. like Yeah, just get black, you know. Yeah, just get plain black, you know. Um, uh, the, the other reason the, the pros cover their bodies, too, is to keep their muscles. They regulate their muscle temperatures. Yep. Um, you're going to recover quickly, more quickly from rides if if they're adequately warm when you start your you're right. So, yep. And, and I'd like to echo again, if you're listening to this, I'm going through my stuff right now, looking for whatever old skyline mountain bike team stuff. I don't use any more stuff that I don't like if you've got stuff that doesn't fit. Like if you have some winter clothes, mostly adults who have been riding for a few years, doesn't even have to be fancy or anything or in particularly good condition. If you have some stuff that you don't use, there are kids on the team who would love it. Um, go ahead and send me a text, uh, get in touch with us, shoot us an email, give us a call. I, I can easily find a home for whatever used winter gear um, isn't being utilized anymore. So, yeah. So under 65 degrees, cover your knees. Yep. It's easy to, I guess any temperature you said would work because it's yeah, the un- under 105 thing. degrees, cover your knees, <laughs> you know, it's the but under 40 are... degrees, you're fine. Cause that doesn't rhyme. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and also just Dan was like trying to like give reasons to like cover up when you're, I'm like, I wh- it just makes it more fun. It's just, it sucks, dude. It's, it's pretty grim to go out and ride when it's that cold and you don't have stuff. So yeah. don't do it. Okay. Okay. So just kind of as a matter of housekeeping, I just wanted to kind of revisit some things we talked about uh, last week where we mm-hmm. talked about like relative energy deficiency. Yep. Basically you're just not. Is it red S? Yeah. You red said? S. Yeah. You're, you're not consuming enough energy to, to, support, to meet the needs, to meet of, what the needs of what you're doing. Right. doing. Yeah. So um, that particularly happens when people 
aren't consuming enough carbohydrates. And I don't think I pointed that out well yes. enough during the the episode. It's not, um, I mean, you get energy from protein, you get energy from fat, but red S really occurs if people aren't getting enough carbohydrates, which um, a lot of times have been kind of vilified. So, said, so the keto diet and cycling are not compatible. They, they don't go together. No. no okay. don't. Um, yeah, so... You know, so carbohydrates come, and I, I'd love to do a whole podcast on carbohydrates, but um, sounds sounds interesting. It would be, it would be really <laughs> good. They're they're pretty amazing. Um, but yeah, you just need to make sure you're consuming adequate carbohydrates to yep meet the demands of your workouts and to fuel them properly and so forth. And and you know, and carbohydrates are extremely healthy too. They're not. They shouldn't get the bad rap that they like we like said last time everything has its place if you're if you're sedentary doing a desk job and then going home and watching netflix you know there might be something to say for you know being for the simple processed ones right but but, you know like like potatoes vegetables right 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 rice beans whole grain breads eat a lot of those they're good for you they're delicious they fill you up right they have lots of nutrients in them they you know they're your body processes them differently than it would like a refined, highly processed carbohydrate. Um, so, you know, if, if you're not working out, you know, during your normal life, really try to, f- to focus on the more, the more wholesome right. carbohydrates like potatoes, rice, beans. But if you're on a ride, like, like eat a pop tart, yeah, right? Like exactly, that's, yeah. that's almost your, t- like I, that's what I'm, I'm, I was saying that hoping you'd say yes. Cause I did that yesterday. Cause I was like, I was out riding and I did like, you know, three ish hours yesterday and it was cold. And I was like kind of and, bummed riding on my own. And I was like, you know what? That you know, sounds good. So I went to Sev and I got a pop tart. I'm like, this is the time to like I, eat that. I don't think that a pop tart is less healthy than a packet of birthday cake gel that you would buy it. Or like, like a honey stinger waffle. Like, yeah. Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, I think there's something to be said for like the scratch mix and stuff, like the, what you're drinking. I'm really skeptical of like expensive ride food. I don't, I don't know. I just like, there's, what's yeah. the difference between in, like, in you fact, see a like. a lot of them like Cliff Bars really aren't even that effective for ride. No, food, and know, like, like I've, I love like Rice Krispie Treats. That's, that's yeah. one that they're light and everything. Like, like before I spin and after I spin on the, I have a bowl of cereal and then. Right, you know, and right. It's like you know. a treat. I enjoy it, but it also fuels the work, and it it does about a, the point is it does about the same thing, and probably caught like a packet of pop tarts is like a buck. Yeah, you know, like now, a lot of these say, energy bars are like two thirty a piece. You know, I don't. Yeah, you know, there definitely are some things like that you would like. You can't eat a pop tart during a race. You know, so. no, yeah. So that yeah, we should clarify. Yeah, and and you do need to be familiar with what you eat during races during practices. Mm-hmm. Um, so. But yeah, the point is like, if you're out riding, especially if you're out like doing like a long road day or something, stop at the Sev. Don't look for something, you know, like this is your time to go and eat, eat a twink, you know, eat a Twinkie, eat a Twix. What, you know, like there's, I I don't think there's a substantial difference between that and another gel that's probably significantly more expensive and will make you smile less. Yeah. Just make sure you're getting adequate fuel for the work that you're doing. Yep. Simple stuff. So should we do a, should we do a quiz? And again, we're, we're, we're tight on time today, but we have to talk about the race that was yesterday, Dan. Okay. Um, there's actually a lot of bike racing news. We'll go over it. I'll, I'm going to incorporate some of it into my quiz, but we just have to talk about Milano Sanremo, which is the first of the monuments. It is one of the oldest races in cycling. It is the longest race in cycling, 299 kilometers, like, you know, 230-ish miles, I want to say off the top of my head. Um, super interesting race. It's basically six hours of doing nothing you know like just cruising along the beautiful italian coast or whatever 
Um, and then in the last 10 minutes, it's like the most electric 10 minutes of racing I read somewhere this morning. Um, it finishes on, on a climb that is not very steep and that's not terribly long. It has some switchbacks. And the riders will go up this climb so fast that they are breaking uphill to make the corners. It is absolutely incredible. Um, I am going to have spoilers. So here's, I'm going to give you your five seconds to, to tune out and go watch it. Um, okay. That's good enough. Um, you, can, you can watch on GCN. Um, that's the, for, you know, I, mean, I think pretty much everyone lis listening to this is in the U.S. Um, yesterday's race was incredible because we had the three, I would argue, the three greatest riders of our time right now. Tade Pogacar, Mathieu van der Poel, and Wout van Aert were in the final selection, along with former time trial world champion and probably the biggest Watt monster in the peloton, uh, Philip Ogana from Team Ineos, formerly Team Sky. Um the four of them got away um, on, on the climb and, and came together right before the descent. And the descent off this, off this climb is kind of similar. It's not terribly steep. It's steep enough that you're coasting for a lot of it. Crazy corners. And it's, it's a descent where we've seen some of the craziest, like, you know, those, those videos that were going around last With year, the Tom guy. Pitcock? So Tom Pitcock, no, okay. but similar. Like it, it looks like that, right? In, in insane descending like rounding corners that I would take at 20 miles an hour at like 50 miles an hour. Uh, the guy who won last year, Mate Maharch, used a dropper post. <laughs> oh, this, is, this, this is this is that race, yeah, right? Okay. Maharch this way this year, by the way, missed the final break. He he was in he was in the group behind these guys. Um, uh, but yeah, Vanderpool got away on the last descent, and just he got about six seconds that turned into t 10 seconds. I want to say by the end of the descent. And there's, I want to say, two kilometers of flat road following uh, the finish. That's a big lead. It's it's a decent lead, yeah, on that descent. Against, you know, Pogachar, Van Aert, incredible descenders. I was super impressed with Philippe Ogana, generally kind of like a domestique time trial specialist, descended incredibly to keep up with those guys. But it was fascinating because of the three, Van Der Poel's the worst time trialist. Um, Pogachar. Vanderpool or Pogachar Van Aert and Ghana are you could argue the three best time trialists in the world or three of them because Ghana's got the hour record yeah, uh, yes he does yeah. Philip Ghana. hey look See, at you look you at knew me. a cycling thing these are guys who can hang out at 500 watts for a while just no sweat seated you know like they have mad power um, and Vanderpool is able to get enough of a gap on them to stay clear to the line and it was really interesting because um, 61 years ago, Mathieu van der Poel's grandfather won Milan San Remo, Raymond Pulador. Um, so it was really cool. A Dutchman hadn't won the race in, I want to say, 32 years, 38 years, something like that. So first Dutchman to win. Um, you know, he's, he's the grandson of a former winner. Um, very well-deserved. He's had some kind of hiccups the past few months. Um, but just dominant performance. You know, by four of the... It was cool to just watch four of the greatest riders of all time head-to-head -head on this descent. And then uh, props to Filippo Ghana. He knew he couldn't out-sprint Van Aert and Pogacar. Both of them have really, really good spins. Van Aert in particular has won on the Champs-Élysées in the Tour. Uh, Ghana just basically did a one-minute time trial. Like, it wasn't even really a sprint. He was, like, almost seated for a lot of it. And mm -hmm. seated was able to, like, you know, distance Tadej Pogacar and Wout Van Aert, which was absolutely insane. So go back and watch it. Really, really, really cool race. Uh, again, probably GCN is where... That's where you go to watch that. So we'll do a very quick quiz. Again, we're time sensitive today. Um, jump straight into it. Another current event. What other big cycling race started yesterday? Cape Epic. Cape Epic. There we go. Uh, this this kind of second question here. Was that my quiz? 
Uh, no, that was the first question of the quiz. Yes, so I got one right. You got That's one good. right. So yeah, the Cape Epic started. Cape Epic, if you're not familiar, is kind of the Tour de France of mountain biking. It is a seven stage, well, technically eight stage. The first stage is a is a prologue. I believe I'm correct in saying. Um, multi-day stage race that's kind of comparable like almost Wait, doing what's like a prologue again prologue it's like in this case it's, it's I'm like, asking for a friend I, it's, I it's like I it's like an abbreviated opening stage so for the Cape Epic it's it's usually a mass start where you and your partner go with everybody the prologue which happened yesterday or early today time zone difference um, you and your partner go and it's like a time trial so they let them out at like staggered intervals it's not as long as a full mm-hmm. stage and your question by the way is who won that Oh, um, Chris Blevins. Chris Blevins. Do you do you know his partner's name? Vince. I don't know. No, Vince. We're, no, that's not even close. His name is Matt Beers, uh, a oh. South African guy on the specialized Toyota team they're racing for this year. Um, yeah, local guy. Cool to see an American up there. Um, and uh, we got uh, Nino. Is is there? We've got like uh, who else? Who else is in? Uh, oh. oh. Keegan Swenson. Keegan Swenson and uh, Lachlan Morton. So if you watch Point to Point, you know, like uh, Lachlan Morton, former Tour of Utah winner, Australian guy, but lots of connections to Utah. We see him here all the time. I don't know how they did. Didn't check that yet. For our road nerds, Vincenzo Nibali's actually racing uh, the Cape Epic, which is cool. He retired last year. Um, yeah, I don't know where you can watch that or if you can watch it live here in the U.S. I'll have to look into that, but... Um, I know Ken Montague has been watching it. So yeah, you, I, I'm sure there's some way I'm, 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 yeah, I have to look into that, but you this is an unrelated final question. Another kind of bummer piece of news from the cycling world that you might be interested in is uh, third place at Strada Bianca last week uh, in the women's race was disqualified. Uh, do you know why? I do. Actually. Did you, did you read this? Have you for, been up on? Um, no, this was interesting for using a glucose monitor. Using an active glucose monitor, which is interesting that the UCI has a rule against that, which, and correct me if I'm wrong, like, is there something obvious I'm missing or is that just a cataclysmically stupid That's rule? really stupid. The, what, what possible like, advantage could you derive from that? I, I kind of see it as like a heart rate monitor. Or, right, because they were saying they're like nothing that could give you stats about the rider's performance in real time, like like heart rate monitors and power, and power meters. meters. Yeah, like what there is that about? Is there like some on reasonable the cusp of having like continuous lactose mon- or lactate monitors? You know, and I I hate it when people just say like rules are stupid. Do it because I'm I'm generally like there's there's usually some reason that we're not thinking about. I can't think of that this time. I don't get it. Like yeah, for the UCI, like that, that's pretty stupid. Yeah, take take away your third place, and then also if, like if you're like a diabetic rider, and that's like a medical necessity, can you? I I assume you can get an exception. And I know because I was talking to one of my friends about this who is a diabetic. I'll tell you after the podcast, probably shouldn't disclose okay. people's medical conditions. Bike Bike World Connection. He's like, you know, it's frustrating to see non-diabetic individuals using those because they're like they're hard they're hard to find, and it's kind of contributed to shortage with athletes using mm-hmm. them. But like. It shouldn't be like a rule that you can't. And the fact that they like took a week to decide to disqualify that, I, I don't know. Yeah, that was that did, that was that was pretty stupid. So, yeah, maybe we'll have a follow up on that later. But today's topic is interesting, and it's it's answering. We've had this question a couple times. I think most recently from Hayden Fonger, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I've had three different people request. Yeah, we've that had we multiple about people. this topic and. And I've been putting it off for a while, but I think, yeah, let's let's talk about it. Because we want to do it justice. You know, you want to do a lot well, I'm, of... I'm not going to do it justice. It's, we want to come as close as Dan to possibly can to doing this this justice. It is an interesting... And it is... Um, this. We're going to talk about a substance today that is, I believe I'm correct in saying, the most commonly used drug in humanity. 
Yeah, it's very ubiquitous. Very, ooh, look at you. Isn't that a cool word? I like U- to use that word ubiquitous. to make me sound smarter. Hush. Huh. Yeah. I was going to say er. <laughs> er is doing a lot of heavy lifting there, but. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, caffeine. I mean, what can we say? I think everyone knows it helps you be a little faster, right? Yep. I think a lot of people use it, and I think, you know, like how effective is it? Is it? Is it good? Do I, do I avoid it? Do I try to do more of it? It's technically a a banned substance for Nika. Um, is that still the case? No, it is. Yeah. Um, You know, and, and boy, I don't know how to address that. Yeah. I I do have, well, anyhow, so let's first talk about like, like magic bullets and supplements, right? Right. Right. Everyone wants to be able to like, to buy something that they can take Yep. That can make them a little bit faster on top of what they're already doing, right? Outside of athletics, this is the case. It's like, this is a magic bullet to have 25% returns overnight or to have to lose 15 pounds or whatever, you know? And then in cycling, it's always like, this one thing will make you 10% faster or whatever. You know, the industry's full of people yeah. trying to hawk that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And, and let me just point out that, you know, there's a difference between suppl- between supplements and medications, right? Yes. Re- critically, that supplements are not like regulated or anything. They can be whatever. They don't have to be what they say. Like, like there was that big study a while ago where they tested a bunch of like popular supplements that didn't actually contain the active ingredient they were advertising. Like, you know, a lot of times they do, and like, and in theory, they should work. Yep. But in the form that the per- they're presented, you're they just pass right through your body, and yep. your body really doesn't. Or in the worst case, they can be actively dangerous because like the some, FDA doesn't like regulate. Yeah. Those. Some. Some possibly could be and i would say you know i mean if something's a medication it's been it's been studied oh, by yeah. very smart people yep. and it's there's a been, lot of money on the line you could sue somebody if something went wrong so they make you know, sure and, it doesn't and if it's a medication you will notice a difference yes yeah i mean you'll properly prescribed it, for better or worse sometimes, right you know yeah, you will, will notice a difference yeah. with supplements you may or may not mm-hmm. it, they might help Yep. They might not. And a lot of times it might be doing something so small that you really can't perceive it, you know? Right, um, right, right. You know, so for that reason, I would almost put caffeine more almost in the medicine class because you will, you, it, it is something you, you actually, will either notice it or it's absence. I think depending on how much caffeine you're intaking on a regular basis. Right. Yeah. And, and like I said, I think I, I don't think this is the first time anyone listening to this has heard of caffeine. I think no. it's something we're all yes. probably more familiar with than we maybe should be. Um, right. But but so the World Anti Doping Agency, um, WADA, WADA, has basically what they have done is they have found any substance that could possibly provide a benefit and made it banned from the sport. Right. And, and we're talking substances that have like a minuscule effect they will address. Like there's t- weird. It's, it's a huge con- like, yeah. yeah, I wish you know, it'd be, it'd be interesting with someone with like a medical background to go over this list. Cause it's pretty, there's, there's a lot of things. There's a lot it. of a, random crazy stuff that you've never heard of. Before. And in fact, I, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that have actually been in trouble for doping because they accidentally took something that was on that list. And I believe mm-hmm. that that could happen. Yes. Like a Matthias Flukiger, I think is the most recent high profile case of this Swiss mountain bike rider did seem to genuinely accidentally ingest something that 
has some potential conceivable benefit. You know, like not all doping violations these days are people just, you I don't, know, they're not all doing EPO and yeah, blood. In fact, doping I don't think anyone's trying to do it maliciously. I don't think that's yeah. really. No, I, that, well, that's, that's I a think in, in many right? cases, these are genuine. Or Katarina Nash, um, did you hear about this one? This is really interesting. She had a doping violation because a appetite increasing medication she was giving to her dog who was dying of cancer um, got into her food and was high enough in her blood to test positive. And she almost got in pretty serious trouble. And then they decided like, Hey, this is stupid. Like technically this medication and could conceivably improve your performance. But she said she'd accidentally administered this medication to her dog without wearing gloves and it almost prevented her from competing as a protect, yeah, so like if a you're like a, if you're like a pro subject to testing you have to be really careful oh, yeah. what supplements you take and yes what, um yeah that's that's kind of a yeah. little bit of a tangent we should do another a, episode on that that's I think really it'd be interesting. interesting to yeah. talk about but long story short is like for the most part supplements if if a supplement's going to benefit you it's been banned right and if it's yeah with with one major exception. With one major. Well, no, there's actually okay, well, a few. Well, that's less theatrical, Dan. With one <laughs> major exception, asterisk. Okay. You know, and those um, and, and out of those exceptions, Dan just dropped his phone. By the way, uh, <laughs> that's I just gonna, dropped my phone. I'm not going to cut this. We're we're short on time okay. today. We'll just keep going. So so out of those exceptions, you know, obviously we're going to be talking about caffeine. Right. Uh, a couple other. Um, runners up maybe we could call it you know beetroot juice oh, okay has some pretty like some some pretty verifiable benefits yeah. for some people well studied you know yeah um sodium bicarbonate is another B- both of those i would say are very marginal yeah probably compared to to caffeine right um but let me point out like on this just on the subject of, of supplements and caffeine and and all this stuff you can take you can take these supplements and you might or might not notice a difference. But if you, if you have a good healthy diet and start eating more like vegetables and, and getting yeah. healthy proteins and so, you'll notice a huge difference. Yeah. Oh yeah. In fact, you'll, you'll notice an even huger difference than, than potentially with like caffeine or pretty much anything yeah. you could take. That's, you know, probably the biggest thing that you could do that's going to provide the best benefit all is like fueling you know just right, getting right. your carbohydrates yeah you know th- those are all maximal gains yeah i would put caffeine in the marginal gain category. really yeah it's, interesting okay i don't think it's as i don't think it's as beneficial as some people think interesting like um like on a like on a 10k time trial they found that on average it had about a three percent benefit which is that's which something. Is, which is something. That's thousands of dollars in the bike world. Dan. Okay, it's something, but but it's not ever. It's it's not. It's a, not yeah. everything. No, no. And and but that's only for some people. I was gonna say because it depends on because I I am not I I've I didn't like grow up like uh, having a lot of caffeine consumption, um, and I'm like not a coffee drinker and stuff like so like caffeine might affect me way more than somebody who. You know, like my fiance, caffeine is a very regular part of, of her diet and everything. So maybe like, could the absence of caffeine in, in a performance for her affect her more than the presence of caffeine for me? Like, is it is the benchmark that significant? Well, and, and it's it's somewhat controversial too. Like, really? Um, like caffeine tolerance is not 
there's people that disagree on that. Um, really? Yeah, and we'll we'll talk about that in a sec. But um, but yeah, yeah. Caffeine. First of all, genetically, there's some people that are mm. responders and some people are non-responders. Really? And some people that kind of respond. It's, it's based on basically how fast they metabolize it. Interesting. Okay. But you know, it roughly around 10% of people, maybe more, I've, I've seen up to almost 30 people, 30%, but mm-hmm. I'd say 10% is a decent number of people don't respond at all. And some might even respond negatively to it. Really? Um, yeah. Just, just genetically. And we say so, respond to like, like in it, in terms of their the they, effects on their athletic yeah, performance would, narrowly or yeah, it wouldn't, generally. they wouldn't get, they wouldn't be benefited. It would slow it. them down. Um, at worst, at worst case, slow them down. But but typically, it would just just, just no, wouldn't do anything, right? I mean, okay. it would just make them jittery. Okay. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, it is. It is kind of debated. You know, like I guess, like how beneficial it is depends on you as an individual. Okay. You know, to some people, it's actually quite beneficial. To others, it's not. Not so much. Okay. So, um, yeah. So, so how does caffeine work? Um, you know, there's, I guess. It, like, what is caffeine? I don't know. Like, is that, do, do I, like, what, what is it? Okay. So that's a good question. Because it's naturally so, occurring, right? Yes and no. There, there's, there's naturally occurring forms which come in certain plants and, right. um, you know, like. Coffee like beans, like coffee cocoa beans, beans, cocoa beans, yeah. Um, tea leaves. Uh, and yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's, there's also a synthetic version. Okay. But the thing is, is they're identical. Chemicals. Yeah, it's not one of those things where like like synthetic like, lab-made caffeine is probably about the same. Yeah, right? like not, one's not more healthy than the other. Yeah. Like it's the exact... Like on the molecular level, it's the same it's, thing. It's identical. Okay, okay. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, so that's kind of interesting to point out. Okay. Um, so, so how caffeine works is when... You know, when we make energy, you know, we, we talk about ATP, which is kind right. of the energy currency of the cell... Um, that stands for adenosine triphosphate. That adenosine will, it, it basically it'll go out into our brain and, and we have adenosine receptors that the more energy we produce, um, these, these adenosine receptors ab- absorb the adenosine and when, we, when they get full of adenosine, it signals the brain to get sleepy so we'll rest. Oh. And it's actually kind of an, a good process that, you know, helps us rest when we need right. rest. And what caffeine does is it'll block those adenosine receptors so it can't absorb adenosine and it'll prevent us from getting tired and sleepy. Oh, so that, that's the mechanism where like, like caffeine keeps you awake or helps people wake up in the morning, right? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And in fact, as you sleep, um, the adenosine leaves the receptors and as it leaves the receptors, it causes you to wake up. Huh. So, you know, and that's one thing about caffeine is it really is kind of messing with kind of a natural function. Right. I mean, being tired is a symbol that you need some rest and you need Right. To your body's trying to tell you something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Caffeine's not a substitute for sleep. We're going to drill that in a little later, yeah. but I just want to throw that out there now. Interesting. Um, it, it also, and, and that's probably the, I mean, it's, it's mainly a psychoactive drug. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly effects in the brain, but there also are like some metabolic effects of, of caffeine. Like it can, you know, for endurance athletes, it might help us spare glycogen a little better because it helps metabolize fats better. But that's 
probably a small impact compared to what it does to the brain. I should ask too, because the most most common form for caffeine is that people get is from coffee. Is is the laxative effect that you experience from coffee because of coffee or because of cap? Does caffeine have a laxative effect, or is that just a coffee thing? You know, it it does to non-habitual users. So, like, if I were to have like a not like a like like a like, like an if you were to go shot, have some, like, yeah, some espresso shots or whatever, right? You would probably have to go to the bathroom a lot. But okay. someone that does it a lot. But you, even if I got it from like a non-coffee source, like a bunch of tea or something. See, that, could I don't that... know. But I, ca- okay. yeah, uh, caffeine is a diuretic to people that don't use it frequently. Interesting. Okay. But if you use it regularly, it's not not as much. not not as much for most yeah. people, probably. Okay. So interesting, huh? Yeah. How much? How much ca- caffeine is like in at it, like in a cup of brewed coffee? Do you know off the top of your head? Because okay, so that's, that's probably the benchmark. Yeah, I'd, I'd be let, interested. And actually, did you act? You have a you this. have a table. <laughs> okay, this is kind of interesting. You're such a dork. I know. I, um, okay, let's hear it, Dan. Okay, so I just wanted to go over just some different products. Okay. And how much caffeine it has in it. Okay. And compare it to cans of Coke. Interesting. Okay. We'll use Coke as a currency because Coke. I think of it as, as having a, a fairly considerable amount of caffeine, and is my it assumption. It doesn't at all. Don't it's, spoil the hook, oh, Dan. Sorry, that was a hook, kid. Dan. <laughs> Dang it. Okay, well. You're not, you're, not, you're not good at this, Dan. I know. I, I'm not good at a lot of things. This is just one of them. Okay. Okay, so 12 ounces of Coke has... Which is like a can. Yeah, okay. normal can. Normal can. Has 34 milligrams okay. of caffeine. Okay? okay. So there you go. That's This is what we're going to kind of compare everything okay. to. Now, one thing I want to point out is I have kind of non-name brand coffee. Okay. Okay. Some of the name brand fancy coffees that you come... That like come, that you're buying in the store or like like Starbucks Like coffee? Starbucks. Okay. Has a lot more caffeine. That doesn't surprise me. A lot, and the way you... Pr- almost double than, than really? kind of generic type coffee. Really? So, yeah. Okay. So, so like run this by me. I'm curious. Okay. So, all right. So we'll start with co- like eight ounces of brewed coffee. Okay. That's like like home brewed or Starbucks? Just just home, generic home. brewed coffee. Okay. Okay. All right. Has about ninety six milligrams. Of Whoa! And coffee. Coke was like thirty something. Thirty four. So, so we're saying so, roughly. So an eight ounce brewed coffee compared to a twelve ounce Coke, is it's like almost three cans of Coke. So it. Oh my gosh! So in the same amount, that's like getting on four or five times yeah. as much caffeine. Really? So um, an just an ounce of espresso. Okay. Is 64 milligrams. Which so, makes sense. More concentrated product, yeah. right? Okay. You know, so if a you had... A single ounce? So if you had a 12 ounce, which is the same size as a can a tw- of Coke... If, if, if you are truly insane and you're putting down 12 ounces okay. of espresso all the time... <laughs> just, just to compare it to Coke, that's 768 milligrams. How much caffeine is an overdose? Like, when does it become, like, dangerous? I mean, I'm sure you could... Wow. It depends. But, well, oh, okay. Well, so, of course you have an answer for that. All right. So instant coffee has about 62 milligrams. That's about okay. one and three quarter cans of Coke. That's not too So bad. like, okay. Okay. Um, but well, but we're comparing a 12 ounce Coke to eight ounces of right. coffee. Right. But like, so. that's the amount that people are like actually Yeah. These consuming. are common right. servings. Okay. Okay. So Mountain Dew. Okay. Okay. Has 55 milligrams. Whoa. That's about really? one and a half cans of Coke. Really? So like almost twice as much as Coke. I don't know. About fifty percent. I'm not a Mountain Dew guy though. Yeah, I don't so maybe like maybe Dew people either. knew that. I'm a Coke. I like so Coke, but I don't like Mountain this Dew. This next one's the one I drink a lot of. Okay. Okay. Diet Coke. Oh. It has forty six milligrams. More than regular Coke. So that's about thirty really? percent more. Um it's about 
One and a third cans of Coke. Re oh, okay, I didn't realize it was different. I, th I assumed they'd be the same. Okay, how about this one? Okay. Chocolate milk. I'm going to say like two, like two or three, like a minuscule amount. Like five milligrams. Five milligrams. Okay, yeah. so like basically nothing, right? Yeah. Is that, that's like not even really going to affect you, that, right? No, like you won't even notice. You won't, yeah. that, that's nothing. Because even Coke, I don't think I notice like the caffeine effect of a Coke. Yeah. Interesting. I think with Coke, you notice the sugar effect. You should use the sugars because you, you Coke got what, like, <laughs> like 40 grams like of sugar? Eight tablespoons of sugar <laughs> per serving. Yeah, you'll notice that way okay. more in the caffeine. So, what do you think a Dove dark chocolate bar has? How dark? See, like, ooh, thinking like a scientist Dove. here. This is Dove. Dove. So, it's not like, like not 70%. Like, not most, like dark, dark. Uh, it's not super dark. Five, 10? Like 17 milligrams. Oh, which okay. is like a half a can of Coke. But you're also like, rare, like, who's eating an entire bar of dark chocolate in one go? Oh gosh, no, really? They're not that big. They're not. Like, what, you we, can easy eat one. How big? Dough. Like how big is it? But oh, you're talking about like like four dubs. It's one point four ounces. Like oh, yeah, I think like, like the whole big sheet. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's just okay. the four squares. Easy, oh, you can eat I thought it in you were talking about because I think if like if the unit oh. of dove measurement is like the little squares, I thought we were talking like twenty. Yeah, it's like those. four squares. Oh, like the oh, okay. So oh, that's okay. like a that's, half a can of Coke. Because I was gonna say I'd, I'd eat one of those in one go. Yeah, that's Sorry, easy. I didn't mean to like if anybody's listening to this is like all offended that I'm like ooh who eat that much chocolate like <laughs> like I'm like I'm not high roading you. I thought Dan was talking about a, a significant okay larger quantity of chocolate there. Yeah, but I mean that's okay. Yeah, so okay, a one ounce shot of five hour energy oh just like your standard mm -hmm. do those have caffeine oh yeah this is stupid i thought those were all b12s no, or something they got like they've got okay uh, i'm gonna but guess it's the same as a cup of espresso like 60 i think with five hour energy the only thing you're experiencing is the caffeine is the caffeine the b12 is interesting yeah that's not where that's that's not where you're those make energy. me jittery so i don't use those either this is why i don't know well, I do you know why they make you jittery because there's a ton of caffeine 200 milligrams <gasps> Whoa, which is almost six cans of Coke. Whoa, 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 whoa! How much was a cup of espresso again? Um, like a shot of espresso. Uh, sixty-four. So yeah, so like getting on four times as much. Yeah, five hour energy has a ton. That's because I remember taking one of those before a race one time and not having a good. Like I was really jittery. I felt not great. After yeah, to that. go from no caffeine to taking an entire five hour energy would just floor your system right yeah you're, i didn't that that's not a I, I've, I've said i've said before many times high school joe made a lot of dumb <laughs> mistakes in nike you'd see me doing some really idiotic things before a nike race yeah. and after <laughs> and during <laughs> all over the place okay so a cola cyst gel how much caffeine do you think that has 10 so like I'm, like tiny no it's like decent it's 75 milligrams Whoa, which is okay which is about a little over two cans of coke Interesting. I thought okay. the gels had like 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 nominal amounts. Like it's like technically there's caffeine in it, yeah, but it's not going to do really. Okay. Yeah. So a twelve ounce Red Bull, one hundred eleven. Wow. Milligrams. Wow. That's yeah. A so lot. that's like three and a third cans of and, Coke. And there are plenty of people who are doing two or three cups of coffee a day, a Red Bull at lunch. Like there, a lot of Americans probably consume insane amounts of caffeine huh yeah they say about 400 million for adults okay, okay. we're going to talk now remember this is a youth podcast all of the all of the right studies now, here numbers are for adults so. right yeah we're going to be yeah we're going to address youth and caffeine at the end so definitely okay. stay tuned to that see okay? look at you look there you go that's how you see i'm keep always i'm always tr saving the most important thing for the last okay plus that magic word that nora needs to listen to okay um, we didn't forget about you nora yeah <laughs> So, uh, okay, a monster has 160 milligrams. More than a Red Bull. Okay. Well, it's it's also a 16 ounce, so it's a bigger oh, okay. serving. Okay, so, all right. Which is about five cans of Coke. 
Wow. So wow. So there's a little perspective. Wow. Um, That's a lot. And, and they say for you know for most adults like adults can tolerate about 400 milligrams. Ooh, when you say day. Tolerate. tolerate. What, is, what do you mean? Like, what is what does not tolerating mean by their number? For like, an adult, and I'm emphasizing okay. adult, like people under 18. Right. Or people, people over 18. 18 I get careful, Dan. <laughs> yeah, that could be taken out of context. Whoops. <laughs> yeah, people over 18 could probably safely tolerate about 400. But when you say safely, like when you start doing five, six, seven hundred, what's what's happening there? Well, it does, there are some negative health consequences, okay. and we'll talk about those okay. in a bit. But, like a heart attack or something? <laughs> yeah, blood pressure. Wow. Okay. Anxiety. Yeah. Plenty of people, I'm sure, blow by that 400, 400 milligram number all the time. Yeah, you know... I mean, do you have your calculator out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How much was it just like a cup of brewed coffee again? Um, well, like a normal one's about ninety, about a hundred. Starbucks can get up to about two hundred a cup. Wow. Yeah. So you have two cups of that. You're. Which plenty? I'm sure plenty of people do. Yeah. And we don't really. I don't think we think about caffeine as being like. So, so here's where we're, we're going to talk about caffeine for performance because we. Okay. Yeah, that was just like kind of everyday just, life. Right, caffeine. right, right. So there's a range that they recommend. And again, I can't overemphasize that this is for adults. For adults, right. Okay. No one come at us. Okay. The three to six milligrams per kilogram of body weight. Okay. All right. So I did the math. Okay. Oh, of so course you did. If, if you're 150 pounds, okay. which neither of us are. Um, Jeez. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> that makes you 68 kilograms. That puts you okay. at... For an adult, uh, for for performance, you know, this is like on a race day or something. Is this the optimal amount for performance? Yeah. Okay. But that's a big range. That's like, yeah, double for some people, like three right, to right, six. Right. That's a yeah. huge range. That puts you for an adult at a range of four hundred and fifty to nine hundred milligrams. Way over what's considered safe, right? Yeah. Interesting, because it's one of the. Is it one of those things like sugar, where like, if you compare person a who's sedentary and just sits at a desk and watches netflix after work to person b who's an active bike racer person b can have a lot more refined sugar and stuff in their diet because they're burning it off does caffeine work the same or not really i don't think caffeine yeah, caffeine caffeine, caffeine you don't burn caffeine, it you don't burn it you're not you're, burning yeah, it like right? you don't metabolize but does the fact that you're an athlete exercise. make that safe well, again, I am for this is for performance. There's a difference okay. between doing for, something for, for performance. Health and performance are not the same. They're not always the same thing. Like, <laughs> it's yeah. a Venn diagram. There's sometimes crossover, but not always. Yeah. I've always said pro cyclists are not healthy people. <laughs> yeah. So that's, you know, to me, like, because I thought I drank a lot of caffeine because I drink Diet Coke. Right. And I drink more than I should. Yeah, you're, you're a Diet Coke guy. I right? maybe, I figured like on a... On, on a big a, day? <laughs> a big day, I might be close to 200. Wow. On a big day. Like, I'm realizing that... So, like, coffee and energy drink users are the ones that need to listen up here. That's true. And that's one thing. A lot of articles I... Because, like, um, it used to be, like, youth would get their, their caffeine from soda pop. And right. they're now more getting it from coffee and energy drinks, which right. is putting them over a safe limit for oh, yeah. youth. And we're going to talk about that in a sec. Okay. But, but yeah, you really don't get a whole lot of caffeine from soda pop, but you do get a lot from like energy drinks and coffee and so forth. So, huh. um, so yeah, I don't, um, so that 450 to 900 milligrams, that equates to like up to 26 cans of Coke. That is a lot. Wow. That's a ton. That's crazy. And it's interesting that like Starbucks probably deliberate, cause I know that coffee will have more or less caffeine depending on how you make it. Um, 
I, they must be doing that on purpose, right? Well, I, yeah, I think it just makes it more desire. You know, you crave right. it more. Because has more it has. of an effect. Is more noticeable, probably. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. You know, so, you know, and so the reason I point that out is if if you researched how much caffeine you were supposed to take during an event, that's the probably the number you would come up with three to six milligrams per kilogram of body weight, which for for myself and Joe, that's probably too much. We probably right, could, right, we right. couldn't handle that much. Um, you'd, I, I think you'd have to be somewhat habituated to, right. To, and that, that probably comes into account too, because yeah, um, you kind of can become less tolerant to ca- or, or or more tolerant. Because to I was going to ask that, like, like me versus like a like somebody who has a lot of caffeine in, in their diet. You because I have very little versus somebody who has like a lot. That'll be totally different for the two of us, right? Even if our genetic predisposition to respond to caffeine is the same your use of it will change things, right? It does. And that's, it's because you get, I don't know if it's, you get more of those adenosine receptors or they become, my understanding is that you almost get more of those receptors. And so you need more caffeine to block those receptors. And, Hmm. um, and so you do, do, and, and even that, like I said, I, I saw some people claiming that, even if you are tolerant to caffeine, there still is a benefit in in sport. But um. well, because I was going to ask, because the, the biggest question I think that we, we get and that most people have is like, I'm a Nike racer. I really want to do well in this Nike race. I usually drink two cups of coffee per day. Do I change that on race day? Do I do three or do I do zero? And in, in the end, I would assume the answer is do the same. Okay, if you're in, and maybe we should just jump to this part, which yeah, it's probably the most critical part to get to because we're dealing with a group of youth athletes. So the American Academy of Pediatrics recommends that youth ages 12 to 18 limit their caffeine intake to less than 100 milligrams per day. Okay. Lots of lots of people are going way, way above that. that. You know, because some of the the undesirable effects of caffeine, um, it it temporarily reduces iron absorption. Absorption. Ooh. It temporarily reduces a lot of vitamin absorption okay um it's it's it can also be a like a gut irritant for some people Hmm. but probably well and and we mentioned too it can it can increase blood pressure and and it can raise anxiety levels okay but probably the biggest the biggest thing for, for youth and for anybody is it it disrupts sleep. Okay. Um, and, and teenagers in, in, you know, those under 18, they need their sleep way more. Oh yeah. Then right. Than adults do. Right. You know, it's just, it's just so important. And, and caffeine is not a substitute for sleep. No. Say that again. I'm going to ask a really annoying, but I, I hope interesting question. Let's say there's somebody listening to this who is like, you know, the 15 year old Nike racer, could be male or female. And they're like, I am getting way more caffeine than I should. I'm in the three, 400 milligram per day range. Um, I've got a race coming up. Do I reduce it? Cause I almost wonder if you are using that much and then you just reduce it out of nowhere, you'll probably feel bad because your body is used to having all that caffeine in your, like if you decided the morning before a Nike race, okay, well, I'm only going to have one cup of coffee in the morning where I've had three every morning for the last five years. That might have a detrimental effect on your performance, right? Absolutely. And, it, you know, for habitual caffeine users, like 
um, it can have a ne- like it can have a negative effect on their training too because like, really? the training quality leading up oh, to okay, it that makes suffers sense. because they they're pretty they're dependent on the caffeine. Okay, um, but it does like I know Kate Courtney and a lot of other people will will reduce the amount of caffeine they take leading up to an event uh-huh. so that it has a bigger effect on the event itself. Um, got can't, maybe can't talk about it when you got a Red Bull helmet though, huh? <laughs> Yeah, I wonder if she actually drinks red. Uh, I I wonder. Are we going to slander? Are we going to yeah. get like a cease and desist letter? I don't know. I just think like that's one of those products that like, I don't know. That's not like a like a product. I imagine a lot of like professional athletes would actually go out of their way to use. Is it? I maybe. Know. I, you know, sometimes, like when you're like, bonking on hour eight of a giant ride, then maybe. But I'm like, you can't. You these people can't be normal Red Bull. Like, and we should say too that like energy drinks are not good for you. Like we're comfortable. Can I say that? Energy drinks are horrible. Oh, energy for you. drinks are garbage. like like if like like coffee, caffeine. Like I don't know. Figure out what works for you is basically what we're saying, and be you know conscientious of these kind of limits. But like, you probably shouldn't have energy drinks be part of your diet, right? Like those. I mean, they'll nuke your well, kidneys if nothing I think else, right? Any of these things is youth really probably I would, lean away from it. Yeah, I don't think. I really don't think. I think. Um, I think the youth listening to this should. I don't think they need coffee. I don't think they need soda pop. I think they need sleep. I think they need a healthy diet. Right. And that's going to make you faster and feel better than anything. You know, drink water. Yeah. Really trying to, because I know a lot of people, a lot of people my age go through a lot of energy drinks. Like that is something that just, there's no good reason to be consistently consuming a lot of energy drinks as part of your normal diet. Are we, are we comfortable saying that? Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, don't do um, that. Yeah, so so we talked a little bit about, you know, yeah, so basically, you know, you mentioned earlier, like, caffeine's not allowed at NICA. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, how do you we know, address How do we address this? that? Like, I don't want to, I would never want you to, to encourage you to. To encourage, like, NICA rule breaking? Yeah, but I would say that, well, we're going to talk about racing apart from NICA. Okay. Okay, because... And yeah, I'm just going to leave that out. I'm not okay, even we're not even going to like, so it doesn't blood test. <laughs> but I, I think most, like if you followed that rule, I think you have things exactly in reverse of how you should be doing things. Right. Cause say like, you know, say you are having like 400 milligrams of ca- caffeine a day. And then on night, and then a night day, day, you follow the rule perfectly and you don't take any. any. Right. And, that's like exactly backwards. When in health. reality, it should probably be like, yeah, you probably shouldn't have caffeine as part of your regular diet, but on race day. On race day, right. yeah, maybe have a little bit. Right. Know? I think that would be healthier than, you know, but I'm I'm, pro- I'm not really on I'm not a Nike coach right now. I'll say it. Like, <laughs> I don't know, man. But <laughs> I mean, that's referring to like I-cups and national races, We would right? never be talking about Nike. <laughs> Dan, never even. How could you even imagine? Yeah. You know, and so I think that would probably be a healthier way to approach Like, extreme moderation throughout your life, you know, right. so you're getting good night's sleep right, right, and, right. and focusing on good nutrition. And then on race day, day. Yep. you can have a half a five hour energy and right. if it helps you out, you then know, it helps, it helps you, you out. Yeah. If it makes things worse, it makes things worse. Well, and know? to like loop back into what we started with talking about like banned substances and stuff like that, like the only reason that WADA doesn't control caffeine like anything else is because it's just such a normal part of everything. Like if it, if it wasn't... And they used to. Oh, did they? Yeah, it, it was banned until like 84 or something. Because or something. it's just untenable for like the percent of the human population yeah. that consumes a lot of caffeine is part. And across 
all cultures and in all places. Like yeah, uncontacted just, tribes in the Amazon are getting a lot of caffeine in their diets probably. You know, like you can't. They which do is, still monitor it. And, and I believe like insane of, of doses they would they would they would probably if, yeah. you've, if you've got like 2,000 milligrams yeah. in, your, in your system or whatever yeah, it is still something they do monitor but they they haven't banned it and so I, I do want to ask because I know we're, we're probably having to be conscientious of time today like like what are when you say like 400 or 100 is the safe limit for somebody per day going over that what's the risk there is that because I know the energy drinks are bad for your kidneys everybody's well, heard that is it because of the caffeine or well, we, we talked, you know, just about the, the iron absorption and, right, and right, some right. of the, you know, and some of those things are, you know, are more impactful on people that are still growing and, and brains that are still developing. Right. It's similar to alcohol, you know. Like, okay. Um, you know, it, it's something that, sh- you know, under 18 needs to be used in very extreme moderation. Right. And, um, yeah. But, so... Let's talk about really quick. So we've established that, yeah, during your normal life, you should moderate it extremely, keep it below 100 milligrams. On race day, for some people, you know, a good percentage of the population, it's probably going to help you have a better performance at ICUP and national races. Never at NICA, ever, (laughs) ever. You know, and and the things you'll have to keep in mind then is, is like, so caffeine at quickest takes about, 20 minutes to start entering your system and peaks at about an hour. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's not like five minutes after you take it. No, it takes... Oh, really? Uh, gum is the fastest because it absorbs through the mouth. Okay. But if, you know, if you're drinking it or taking it in your ride food... Got caffeine gum? Yeah. Is that a, is that a thing? People use where it because been? it is the fastest. Is Where do you... What? I've never heard of caffeine gum in my life. Okay, go buy some. You can buy it on Amazon. Yeah, there's where what? Yeah, it's a it's it's a big thing. Really? Yeah. How I've been on this planet for almost twenty four years and I've never heard of caffeine gum. Okay. Well after the podcast you can look it up. I don't see. I don't doubt it. I'm just okay. I'm shocked. Okay. Oh, really so, quick, to preempt the inevitable question, how do you know you base this is trial and error, right? To know how you're gonna to respond to caffeine. There's you just have to try it basically. Yeah, right? you, yeah, okay. you just have to try it, you know. Figure you, out how much you're works, taking. You have a great race, you do that again. Be conscientious, figure out how much it is. Time, make sure the time frame's right, see how you respond, right? Yeah, and the the one thing with caffeine is more is definitely not better. Right, the right amount is right. The right amount is right. Um, If you take too much, it it has negative effects. Yeah. um, But I was going to say, so with timing, it takes about 20 minutes to start feeling, it it peaks at about an hour. You know, so if, you know, if you're going to take it before a race, a non-NICA race, Mm -hmm. um, you would want to probably take it. You, you want to time it so it doesn't hit before you start. Oh, int- why? Because, so, so one thing, if, if you're already anxious and already on a, like a high, <laughs> yep. your heart, rate's, heart rate's high, that's going to make it worse. Caffeine right? isn't going to have a good effect on you. Right. Okay. Like if you're already anxious or have a lot of anxiety, caffeine oh, yeah. isn't your friend. Okay. All right. Good to know. Um, yeah, and so if you deal with a lot of like race day anxiety, you really, you know, having caffeine that morning isn't going to help. This is so funny. I I have always been paralyzed by race nerves, even now. Like when it, my racing doesn't matter even more than it didn't, right? I remember before state champs, my junior year, being just, just nauseous with anxiety and taking two five-hour energies <laughs> for the race. My heart rate was probably 140 just on the line. Like that's 
Wow. We should just like make like have like write a book about all of the about, insanely like, stupid things. <laughs> Your face there was pretty precious. Wow. That's why I sucked. <laughs> well, that and a lot of other things, but that's one of the reasons I sucked. Huh. Yeah. So you really want to yeah, you you want to time it so it hits about you know, I would probably say maybe 20 minutes before the race. Okay. So it kind of hits kind of mid-race. Interesting. Okay. All right. You don't want to take it early enough that it's going to hit one. Because that first lap, you're so wired anyway. Yeah. You, no one you needs more energy on the first lap of the race. You don't need stimulus on top of all that. You need it adrenaline. 75% way in your race when you're like close to the finish, but it's still a ways off. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Sorry. So timing, I probably should have just whistled into the microphone. That would probably hurt for everyone listening. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah. So, so timing's really critical. Um, and, and again, like dosage is very critical okay i would try to find the minimum effective dose okay um, that's probably I, I think you know for people that use f like f that use five hour energy i can't imagine ever needing more than a half of one which is crazy that they don't sell halves they sell whole five hour energies yeah. right like i've tried to take i've tried to take a whole one and it ruined my race i took a half one it was fantastic interesting so okay good to know yeah. So um, another thing to point out about caffeine too is you know you to be familiar with like the half life. It varies a lot for people, but um, is that like half life in in um, like when it's going to go come out like be out of your system or yeah? So like it's it's typically well it's typically like uh, like a, a an average of about a five hour half life. Oh, so really? if you take say you take like three hundred milligrams. Okay. Five hours later, you'll have 150 milligrams in your system. Okay. And then like I've never been good enough at math for half ten, lives to make a ton of sense to me. 10 hours later, you'll have 75 milligrams in your system. Interesting. And so that's why like never, ever, ever, ever take caffeine after lunch. Interesting. I don't know if it stayed in your system that long. Yeah. It's, yeah. Like, and you know, like if you're going to go do a midweek race, don't take caffeine don't. before it because it's just going to I was literally going to say five five minutes ago. Like, so if you're going to try your caffeine, maybe do it before midweek, not before nationals, you know, like <laughs> I'm telling you, just like, so before your next midweek, have five, five shots of espresso with your two five hour energy shots, have a heart attack halfway through and never ride a bike again. <laughs> yeah. So I guess just kind of to wrap things up, um, caffeine is one of the few legal substances that could possibly have a benefit yep it's it's not a game changer you can be really fast oh like the last eye cup i did i i started writing i'm like oh i forgot to take my five half five hour energy before i started i'm like oh well and it, it, was, it was like i felt fantastic the whole race right it really right, right. didn't right okay you know. um but you know it definitely could have p potential benefits they're not a, nearly as good as proper training like caffeine isn't going to make up for bad nutrition and proper training you know it's um it's going to be it could give you a small percentage of of improvement and it's mostly psychological you know it mostly just makes you feel better um and but the the big caution especially for youth athletes is really really throughout your life just try to use it in moderation yep. and and then it will be more beneficial on actual race day okay um but yeah don't definitely don't overdo it because like anything more isn't usually better um you know it, it can be detrimental if, if used too much and use it with caution and probably not at nike races yeah never 
ever at Nike races. <laughs> When's Nike going to have its like first caffeine doping scandal and some kid's going to be like marched out in front of everyone in handcuffs? And I, <laughs> I have never used caffeine. <laughs> like, I, I thought... Five hour energy was only B vitamins. <laughs> when people are like, I was eating a steak. Like well, when I, when Contador got busted for doping, he said it was because of a steak he'd been eating came from a cow that was treated with HGH or whatever, which is so funny to me. I don't really like Nike stuff. Like, oh, my cornflakes came out of a factory that makes Red Bull, and you know, like <laughs> someone will be stripped of his state championship title and then go make a douchey podcast where he promotes his hot sauce or whatever Lance Armstrong's doing these days. I say that as like a listener of that podcast because it is interesting, but he sucks. Huh? Fun okay. little tangent to end with there. That that was that had no value, but most of what I say here doesn't. Oh, but we so. forgot something really important. Oh, uh, do you have a, a word already? I do. What's your word? It's cinnamon Cinnamon Dan just has a stroke halfway through that. So it's not cinnamon roll. It's cinnamon roll. <laughs> so when you when when no, people inevitably said be dibs or whatever, I was trying to hold back a laugh. And was, say it, say it. The secret word is cinnamon roll. Okay, the secret word is cinnamon roll. I was trying to hold back a laugh while I said it. The secret word is diction. <laughs> For all you choir nerds out there. Um, okay, well, text me Sam and Roll later, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. There's always this look of panic on your face when you say something stupid, and I know you're just thinking, did he hear that? I really hope he doesn't call me on it. Like, what was it? Um, ta- you're trying to say tang- tangential, right? And there's always just this panicked look for two seconds, like, oh no, I messed up. And 